All right, this is Joe Joe Hashi back with another episode of the Level Up Your Gym podcast. I am joined by JL Holdsworth today, and JL has been our most requested guest because every time I finish an interview, I ask the person I'm talking to, who else should I get on the podcast? Joe Ken said get J- JL on. Andy McCoy said get JL on. Other people said get JL on. So, uh, you know, not ever meeting in person before, but traveling in a lot of the same circles, I uh, reached out to JL, and he's um, – agreed to the podcast and it's an honor to have you here thanks i really appreciate that man it's a pleasure to be here i think you know obviously what what you're doing and just getting knowledge out to more people and and, you know the younger people in in our field i mean that's something that's going to push our field ahead it's such a young field that that we need more knowledge out there more great people like yourself pushing that forward i appreciate that i'll give people a little bit of a background if they don't know well, they should know. But if they don't know, JL, from a world of powerlifting, University of Kentucky strength coach, consulting with major collegiate teams, NFL, NHL programs. And from your, your bio, this is the part that really attracted to me, that you have all that, that world of, of training knowledge, but you also have the business knowledge. You founded Spot Athletics in 2010 that took a small private training facility to two 20,000 square foot locations in the Mecca of strength and fitness, Columbus, Ohio, which isn't easy to do because there's so much going on out there. And so JL, what was kind of the transition like from the training side to the business and growth side? Yeah. I mean, I think for me, right. The common denominator is I want to be the best in the world at whatever I do. Right. So for me, you know, whenever I take those, you know, a different personality test, right. I've taken a bunch of different ones the aggressiveness or the willingness to win, uh, or as one person called it, the asshole quotient, uh, mine is basically three standard deviations off the chart. Like I am, it's way off the chart, right? The, the one person I took the test and I go, basically this says you would kill your mom to win. And I said, well, what are we winning? And so, I mean, the thing is, is like, for me, I just want to be the best in the world, what I do. So, you know, uh, football, right. My, you know, my dreams of playing in the NFL, I had a bunch of knee surgeries and, and, you know, I got done. I knew that wasn't going to happen. Was introduced to powerlifting and, uh, you know, just, I was all in. Right. And, and for me, you know, one of my favorite sayings is I don't, I want to, I don't want to be, I don't want to be a, a, an inch deep and a mile wide. I want to be an inch, inch wide and a mile deep. Right. I want, I want to go deep and everything. And so for me, what happened was, you know, I learned about uh, Kanji at Westside, all this and, you know, traveled and, you know, you talk about, you know, house. I mean, we, we met, you know, 2000, 2001 in a closet in the Venetian at a Louis, Louis Simmons Mel Sif seminar. Right. And, you know, just great people that I'm still friends with today from that. And basically, man, I just learned everything I could. I did my first powerlifting meet and, you know, it turns out I had an act for picking up heavy things, uh, beat everyone at Westside in my weight class, including Dave Tate, Jim Wendler, all these guys that, you know, and Wendler was the one who actually introduced me to conjugate and Westside. Um, so I totaled what I told 2160 in my first meet and, uh, you know, Louie invited me to train and, uh, you know, took the opportunity, came up to West side, told 22, 23, 24, uh, 100, 24, 36. And, um, you know, I was on my way, I, I going into WPO, uh, finals. I was going to total 2,600 and doing 1100 pound squat, boom, uh, hernia at L5 S1. And, uh, now I'm, I'm not powerless anymore. And, uh, you know, that was a hard hit and, and, you know, it was six years of being depressed and all these things. And, um, I mean, really it, it, it took, I would say it took years from my life as far as what I accomplished. However, what it's given me in return was I was forced to learn other things. I was forced to grow. Right. And, 
you know, through struggle, through strain, that's where we grow. And, you know, I wouldn't be the man, I wouldn't be as knowledgeable as I am today if I wasn't forced to go through that, right? I, I might be a guy totaling, you know, whatever, right? But, but I'm making way bigger impact on the world because of that experience. And, you know, for me, the focus was getting back on the platform. So in 2014, I won a, a world championship in the deadlift. And after that, I basically said, okay, I feel good with walking away with the world championship at this point, And uh, I want to focus on business. And so, you know, 2014, I really said, let's do this. By 2016, um, late 2000, yeah, late 2016, I mean, we had expanded. I mean, 2014, I had, you know, 2,000 square feet. Then I went to 8,000. Then we went to two 20,000 square foot locations. I mean, we were just like, we were, we were cranking. Uh, what happened at the same time was, um, you know, I went, I basically took a year because 2016, we were cranking. I mean, you know, going from 2000 to two 20,000 square foot locations. I mean, we were, we were, we were cranking. Now at and, the first uh, one, I, I don't, I don't want to cut you off. Were yeah. you mostly doing the powerlifting uh, at, no. at the facility mm -hmm. or how, who were you serving in the, the 4,000 yeah. or the 2200? Yeah. I mean, 2000 square feet. I mean, from the beginning, right. When I opened it up, uh, the guy that we were subleasing space inside of a large, uh, you know, soccer or volleyball training facility. And, uh, we just basically fenced off, you know, basically the corner of this huge warehouse space. Right. And said, this is our gym. And, uh, we're like, this is the spot athletics. And so like, we have people who, who train with us in those original days. They call them the original cage crew because they were inside like this black chain link fence. Uh, and so basically from the beginning, right. The guy we saw these from me, so, Oh, you're gonna work powerless. Like, Fuck no, man. They break shit and don't have any money. I mean, that was right. Yeah. So from day one, I knew it was youth athletes and general population. That was our model from day one was we we're going to serve youth athletes. I had a, a son who was, who was young. I had a daughter who, who had just been born. I was like, we're going to serve youth athletes. We're going to serve a uh, general population. And so from day one, that's what we've been about. It's been about performance training, whether it's for sport or life, it's about helping people perform at their best. It's wild how similar our stories are. A washed up ex-college football player with four knee surgeries, got into lifting because I want to understand what went so wrong because I wasn't in great shape, honestly, when I was playing college football. I could have been better trying to figure out what's wrong. Our first spot was in the basement. When we expanded, we moved to the back of a baseball facility where we caged off a corner and we yep. had about 2,400 square feet, like a couple space heaters back there because it was a big spot. It was always cold. And, right. Um, doing youth athletes and general population as well. So I guess that's something attracted me to talk to you today, JL. <laughs> Very yeah. I mean, the, 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 the change for me in 2016, my goal was to travel around the world and really just learn as much as I could to level up. Right. And, and I was like, okay, I've gotten this far, but I really need to learn more to level up. And, you know, it's just like when I learned about powerlifting, I went to all these seminars and did all these things to level up. Right. And eventually obviously I was good enough to move to West side, which then, and so for me, you know, I traveled around and, you know, I learned and, and that's where, you know, I ended up co-founding reflexive performance reset. And so, you know, my focus really shifted from at that point, you know, I wanted to have, you know, 15, 20 gyms regionally. I mean, just grow. Right. And then all of a sudden when I co-founded RPR, I, was, I, I just knew that was where I could make way more impact, have way more reach in people's lives and, and, and help people way more than what we could with the spot. 
everything we do at the spot's amazing, but if you don't live within five miles of the spot athletics, you most likely aren't going to train with us, right? However, with RPR, we've had clinics in China, Thailand, Australia, right? Europe. I mean, just our reach is so much bigger and the impact we make with that. And the cool part is when, you know, go into a college team or a pro team or your military special forces, all those things we've done with that. It's so amazing because I'm never going to work with their clients one-on-one or in that setting. But I'm teaching these strength coaches and personal trainers something that they're going to impact, not just the athletes they have right now or the clients they have right now, but every single year, right? That turns over. And so for me, it really is, I want to be the best in the world at what I do. And I think one of the things that, that I want my part of my mission in life, right, is to put as much impact into making the world a healthier, happier place to live. And, and for me, that switch from the gyms to RPR. And so now that's really been my focus and, and where I spend more of my time is with RPR than with the spot athletics as far as pushing growth. So a, a couple of questions on the business growth and one on RPR, which I think is going to speak to the company culture a little bit, but how, first of all, let's go with the basic question. How did you get people to, to choose to go to the spot? Yeah. I mean, you know, the big thing when I first started, I didn't have a plan. I didn't know what I was doing. And that's when we talk about leveling up. Right. So, and I learned about powerlifting and then I went to all these seminars, all these things ended up, I was good enough to be at Westside Barbell. In business, it's reading books, going to think, right? And just doing all this stuff you can. And then, you know, I built a business that it was good enough so I could join entrepreneurs organization, right? And for people who aren't familiar with entrepreneurs organization, I don't, I don't know if you are, but it's basically, it's an international organization. And if you're, if you're a founder of a business and your business does at least a million dollars a year in revenue, then you can join EO and you get put in these forums with other business owners. And again, that was just another outlet, right? I mean, Again, I take it to the West Side Barbell thing, right? I'm in a meeting with all these people who own businesses that are far larger than mine, been doing it longer. And again, it's iron sharpens iron, right? They've been where I have, and I have a perspective maybe they don't have. And so we can bounce ideas off each other. And that's one of the things is being around people, right? I mean, look, I don't want to be, you know, we've had guys coming, you know, coming to West Side with a 500 pound bench, like, I'm the strongest guy in the gym. Awesome. That's my warm up. Good, good to know, right? Like, you know, 500 pounds, great, go bench with our girls, right? And so it's, and and that's, I never want to be that, right? I always want, I want to be the weakest guy in the room. I want to be the dumbest guy in the room because that's how I get better. That's beautiful. One of my early mentors told me, if you're the smartest one in the room, you're in the wrong room. And, you know, this guy is a, he started a small computer company with two employees. He's just got venture capital. He's got a hundred employees now. And he invites me in on a lot of stuff where I'll go sit and and listen to them talk to the bankers and I have to write down words to Google afterwards. I have no idea what they're talking about. Like EBITDA. I'm like, what the hell is EBITDA? I get better figure that out for next meeting. Right, right, right. You just got to get used to it. You want to know EBITDA if you want to sell your company. That's for sure. You got to, you got to. So you learn all that stuff. EO is a great example. For me, it was one called uh, 10,000 Small Businesses, which is a Goldman Sachs program you could apply to. And regionally they fly you in and they just teach the crap out and they blow your mind for, I think it was about a 16 week program and then just getting in rooms with people who are, are, have done it before. And that's part of the reason why I started this level up uh, side business, because my vision is I want fitness to be taken seriously as a continuum of care for, for medical. I think that, you know, there is a place for it somewhere around physical therapy, slightly after physical therapy, where people should be able to have healthcare through, through fitness organization. But a lot of the great trainers don't understand the business side and they aren't able to have those introductions and be taken seriously by other businesses because they're kind of locked off thinking I'm the best gym or whatever. They're just not seeing the big picture of helping more people. And, um, 
you know, with RPR, it sounds like something that you've done where you can just go out and reach out and educate a lot of people on the, on the fitness side. Well, I think, you know, what it comes down to, right. And, and this is some people, and I think this is understanding your unique ability, right. And, you know, it's taken me, I'll be honest. Uh, I, I honestly feel like only now within maybe the last three or four months, do I feel like I've really truly identified my unique ability. And, you know, there's been times where I thought it was this, or I thought it was that I, I think, you know, at different times in your life, I think your, your lens changes and, and you think, Oh, this is, this is my unique ability. And then what, you know, changes, your skill sets change, your passions change. Right. And so I think that over time, that stuff, you know, those things are still there. However, it, it shifts and, and it shifts and grows. And, to me, you know, that one of the big things for us at the Spot Athletics is we can't have someone on our staff who doesn't want to always get better. It just will. We I've just gotten to a point where, you know, and this comes into I, I think you know culture is the most important thing in, in any business. It just it is in any sports team, business, whatever. Cult, culture is everything. Culture is what wins, right? It wins more than tactics, all that stuff. And for me you know, at the spot, we're constantly pushing people to be better. And I've just found over time, you know, everyone says they want to be better and they want to be pushed to get better until you start fucking pushing. Right. And then that shit gets uncomfortable, right? When people start pointing out where you're not good and, and start trying to push you to be better in those areas, like some people, and here's the thing, I'm never going to be okay to just be average in anything. If I'm doing it, I'm going to fucking be the best in the world at it. Like, I just don't care. I will die to be the best at something. And so if I decide I'm going to do business, motherfucker, I'm going to be the best. Like, I'm going to go, I got to, you know, people talk, you get a business mentor. I've had great business mentors. One of my business mentors now, I mean, shoot, he was CFO of a $40 billion a year company. Like, that dude knows some words that I got to Google for sure. <laughs> and, and so the thing is, is when I think with fitness, it has for a long, because we're such a young profession, right? You know, people think, you know, oh, I have a garage and a squat rack. I have a business. And even some people that I know it's, oh, I have, you know, this, I have this thing and, but they're, they're on the floor training 30 hours a week, 40 hours a week. Well, that's not a business. You own it. You own your own job. Right. And, and that, that's something. And, my thing is, is there's so many people in this world that are just okay with being average and they're very nice people. I don't want to hang around those people and I don't want those people around me because that shit's an infection that spreads. I want people like, why am I friends with house? Why am I friends with Andy McClure? Like, why? I want to be around people who want to be the best in the world at what they do or, or at the very least be better tomorrow than they are today. In some way, it might be personal, it might be business, whatever it is, right? And so I won't, you know, they say, right, some of the five people you hang out with most, right? And if you hang out with five people that are okay with being average, well, that's where you're going to end. Yeah, I think you covered the culture part of the question I was going to ask anyways, because we're always looking for ways to elevate our staff. And in some ways, on top over besides compensation uh, in terms of paychecks, and this, a lot of times we're a young profession, and providing them the opportunity and the push to learn. And it sounds like you have something awesome with a reflexive performance reset where I'm sure the people at the spot have to be involved in knowing and understanding at least part of the process. So you're educating your staff. Is that, is that something that goes along with it, JL? For sure. I mean, look, 
RPR is a different understanding of how human beings function. What we learned about in school, right? We learned about the neuromuscular system, then they completely skipped all the neuro and just taught us about how to make the muscles stronger. Well, here's the thing. You know, I can test your hip extension strength, your ab strength, and I can show you some breathing and some wake up drills and in 30 seconds, it'll get 50% stronger instantly, right? That doesn't make sense with what we learn, right? Because we learn, right? You squat for eight weeks or whatever. Well, you know what? It's just the nervous system's the electricity of the body. And so when you walk in your house at night and it's dark and you flip the switches on and all the lights in your house come on, you're not amazed. That's just electricity. Your body works the exact same way. Once we, and that's what we do with RPR, we teach people where the light switches are in their body so they can be at their best, right? You got these muscles, they have a certain wattage, right? Depending on how much you've trained them. Well, depending on how the electricity runs, that's like a dimmer switch for that wattage. Once you know where them switches are, now you have access to everything, right? And so that's the thing. And so everyone who comes in, you know, our coaches, every single client that walks into Spot Athletics, they start with RPR. And the thing is, is, it's so different. It's new, right? I co-founded it, you know, four years ago. So, you know, general public people don't know about it, right? If you're a strength coach or whatever, I think especially collegiate professional, if you haven't been through it, you at least have heard of it. And it's funny, we had a guy come in the other day who was a runner, you know, in his thirties. And uh, we have kind of a process we take people through, you know, where they have to learn everything before they come into our sessions. Right. And so he was coming through his first day to learn. So we start off by teaching him RPR and, you know, the cool part about RPR, it's just a self-applied system of breath and body work. So the breath work is just a specific way of breathing and the body work is just self-applied, basically rubbing different zones of your body in a sequential manner. And so it's super simple to teach people how to do. Well, this guy wasn't paying attention. He's kind of like, well, what are they doing over there? What? And he's, he's doing it, but he's not really, you know what I mean? He wasn't, yeah. he was not bought in, right? And uh, my coach kept going, hey, man, you know, you, you know, this is important, blah, blah, blah. This is how we start every session. And he's like, yeah, asking questions. Well, so what we do is you come in, you do a couple squats, a couple toe touches, and then you run through your wake-up drills. So we just check in. How's your body feel? So then you run through the wake-up drills and, and the breathing, right? Well, he gets done, barely paying attention to it. He gets done. So Steve goes, all right, squat, toe touches. Dude hits three squats. Literally, eyes are like, boing. And he goes, what the fuck was that? He's like, I would have to warm up for 30 minutes for my squat to feel that good. What, what the fuck? And he's like, yeah, I told you to pay attention to it. It's important. And the dude's like, this is fucking insane. He's like, how does everyone not know this? And I'm like, you know, we had to explain, like, it's kind of new. It's a different way of understanding how the body works. And he's like, holy shit. Like, and so for us, everybody does super easy to get clients bought in because once they do a pretest of how their body feels. They run through it and it takes three minutes to run through it. And then they feel that much better, right? It's like, okay, why wouldn't I do this, right? And so the cool part with our coaches though, is like, we ask them, right? Like, and, and this is the thing, like, I believe culture wins. Like, so I think the most important part of that, you talk about compensation, all that, look, if you have the right people, they're gonna work hard and do that. In my opinion, if, if someone's like, oh, I'll do a good job if you pay me X, they're a shitty fucking person. You don't want them on your team. You either want to do a good job or not. The money doesn't matter. When I was making $8,000 a year, I was crushing my balls to do a great job, right? Like, it didn't matter because being the best is who I am. It's not something I do because someone pays me. It's what I do every day when I wake up, right? Like, 
I want to piss excellence every day when I wake up, right? I don't want to just do it because someone pays me. And so for me, one of the biggest things that I learned and I've implemented at the spot and for, you know, young coaches to take this, you have to have a clear vision of what that looks like. And this is where everyone talks about culture. And I never understood this, but it took me, I mean, we really dialed our vision in probably three years ago. And since we've dialed our vision in and we've really dialed in and we started hiring, managing, firing based on that vision, once we got that vision right, it's awesome now because I know exactly the type of person that's going to thrive in our organization. And the people who aren't going to thrive aren't bad people, right? We are a hundred, we are team oriented. If you are not at your core, a team player, you, I will fucking fire you so fast in our organization because I'm going to protect that culture because it's the best it's ever been. And I'm, I'm going to protect it like crazy. And so if you're not a team player at your core, you will hate working at the spot athletics. Now here's the thing. You can go work a ton of places and not be a team player. And that's just fine. And, and you can be like, I'll be friends with you. I'll have a beer with you if you're not a team player, right? Probably bourbon. I'm more of a bourbon person. But, but the thing is, is I can't bring you into my organization because I know who we are and what drives us as an organization. I can still like you. You'd be a great person. You just aren't a good fit for that. If you aren't really truly a person who wants to be better every single day, you're going to hate it here too, right? But it's okay. There's, look, how, why am I above average to excellent? Because some people are okay with being average, right? Like that's why the curve exists is because people sit here in the bell curve. I want to be in front of the bell curve. If everyone wanted to be in the bell curve, shit, I have to work twice as hard. And I think there's a, a huge piece of wisdom in there for, for younger coaches and, and hiring. Cause this is a change that we went through too about three or four years ago when we identified our core values and said, here's where we're going. Here's you're going to get rated on based on these, these five things we use every 90 days. And if you don't fit this mold, not a bad person, you're just not a fit for us. And a lot of times people are that, that they're working in the business. They've got themselves the job, like you mentioned, JL, and they go to hire their first coach and they don't identify what they're looking for. They're just looking for someone who will happen to work at their gym. And you go through that long enough and you realize what JL is saying is pure gold where it's, you have to have your, identify your culture and find the right people because culture is going to win. And that takes, and it's more than a saying, you actually have to take the steps to identify what that means. It's just not a mantra on the wall. So there's some, some practical steps for business owner. Well, what I would say too, and this is more important because I think, so I screwed this up for years. So anybody listening to this, I'm not saying any of this stuff because I'm smarter than anyone. I've just like, look, I, I, I'm cool making mistakes and, and just changing at, at a drop of a hat. That's just one of the things about me, right? I've screwed so much up. So all this stuff I've learned is because I made the mistake, right? And so people cannot listen to it and they can make their own mistakes and learn from them. And that's cool. I think a smart person learns from their mistakes. The genius learns from other people's mistakes, right? Because <laughs> they don't waste the time making them. And so that's the whole point in having mentors and, and advisors, right? Is so you don't make those mistakes. And I think the big thing that people miss in this culture piece, and, and I didn't have this, was you gotta, it, it just comes out to know thyself. So before you can have a mission, vision, values for your business, you, you gotta define them for yourself, right? If, if you tell me that your business's values are X, and I ask you what your personal values are, and those aren't defined, 
your business values aren't worth shit. Because if you don't know where you stand, right? And, and so here's the thing, for people who don't know, values is this, um, this word that gets thrown around. It's this uh, business values, blah, blah, blah. And I've been to companies that have, you know, seven values, they're written on the wall, they have cards that the employees carry around. And I asked the CEO what his values are and he can't remember two of them, right? Like I know my values back, literally call any one of my staff members right now, ask them what my values are at the spot. If I ask what our values are, they'll tell you right now, right? They all know them by heart. We start meetings with them, we manage by them, all that, right? So for me, a value, and this is just something for, for younger, or for people who don't even have this, right? A value, right, is a strictly or, or rigorously held belief that drives your behavior. That's the key thing to a value, right? So honesty, right? People put like, honesty is a great value. If someone hurts my, you know why honesty is not one of my values? Because if someone hurts my daughter, I'm going to kill him and bury him and lie about it. Honesty doesn't drive my life, right? Like it doesn't. Now, do I feel like I'm honest in most dealings? Definitely. But that's not one of my top three. Is it important? Sure. Yeah, of course. But I'm going to tell you right now, if someone hurts my daughter, they're going to be cut up in pieces and buried somewhere and no one's going to find out about it. And so honesty doesn't drive my life. Now, here's what does. Details create excellence. That is something that I will never violate. That motherfucker's gonna cut up real small. I'm gonna cover all the details. He's gonna be buried real excellent. Ain't no one finding him, right? Details create excellence drives my life, right? And so these are things you have to understand at a deep core level, what drives your behavior? What things would you never violate? And once you figure that out, then you're in a position to create them for your business. And my suggestion and what I did at the Spot Athletics was we were in a, a, a place and I, and I said, okay, guys, I've defined, and I had to do this. I defined my personal values first. Then I went to my staff and we basically did a whole exercise. We took a couple of days where we had everyone kind of define their values. And we started to talk about like what we wanted the values for our organization. And that's where we got to, to where we are today. Um, but I couldn't do that until I really defined mine. And I'm going to tell you right now, Sitting down and really truly thinking about what are the things that drive the behaviors in your life, man, that's some deep work. I'm going to have to send Andy and Big House a thank you card for recommending getting you on because that was worth just my attendance to listen to all of that, JL, because I haven't heard it explained as well as cutting up people in pieces. And you know what? That fits. That fits. And that is something that's memorable and will stick in your mind. Um, that is very well said. And maybe it's a little confirmation bias on my part, but I like to hear that there's other crazy sons of bitches out there too. And, you know, I don't always see that. I deal a lot with the bankers now and the, the hospitality industry. So I like, right. to, I like to get with the little crazy eye every once in a while. It's been a while. So I enjoy that. So let, let me ask you this to, to bring the show home because you've given a ton of value and we all appreciate it. It's the majority of people listening to this podcast will have about 75 to 100 members. They are a solo entrepreneur that has created a job for themselves. And now they're getting a little stressed out thinking, you know what, I got to do something. Where do you recommend they start? Is it culture and value? Like what's their, the next step for someone listening to this podcast who's just like, I, I want to do this thing. It sounds so great. What JL is, is saying is right. Um, but how do I do it? Well, I think, you know, if you had asked me this question, say five years ago, before, I learned RPR before I changed the way my body operates. It'd been vastly different. 
it would have been very tactical, right? Do X, then Y, then Z. What RPR is a different understanding of how humans work, right? So, so the easy is, look, you got aches and pains, unexplained injuries, feeling really stressed out, learn RPR, man. It builds pain-free movement, helps you feel relaxed and calm, helps you enjoy life. Like that's the simple. Long term, though, using it, you start to learn like a deeper philosophy. And that philosophy now is that for all of those people in that place, and, and for even people in, in places that are, are, you know, at a, let's say, more advanced level than that business wise, what you need to do is you need to become great with yourself first before you worry about building a great business. Because what I know is that if you are secure and stable in yourself and really truly understand yourself, that's like building your foundation on rock. That's bedrock that'll never move, that'll never shake. If you don't have that place with yourself and you start trying to build this big business, which I did, man, because in 2016, I'll tell you, I went several months where on Wednesday night I didn't sleep all night because I, I had to do so much stuff. Like I, 2016 burnt me, which is why I was like, I got to level up my skills. And so I've been through this because I wasn't in a great place for myself, but I was building this huge thing around me. That's not bedrock, man. That's, that's, that's ocean, right? You're basically treading water. And I was staying up Wednesday night so I wouldn't drown. And so you can only tread water for so long. And if you don't know yourself, if you don't have that bedrock to sit that company on top of, and you do that before you do the personal work, I'm telling you, man, it'll all, you can build it big because I did, but it'll come crumbling. Now I can tell you, man, I lost, I lost eight coaches in three months. Mm. I've lost a few and I, I'm just wincing how painful that is to, to reeducate and hire staff. Yeah. And it was in, in it might even, I don't want to say it, but I think it was closer to two months. I lost like basically half my staff in two months because I was treading water so much, right? I didn't have that bedrock. And so my biggest advice for, for, you know, solopreneurs or, or anybody in that zone is before you worry about growing and building, you got to set your own bedrock for it to sit upon. Cause if you don't, it will come crashing down. That's, that's beautiful advice. It's old Patrick Lencioni saying that uh, you have to choose short-term pain and suffering for the long-term long goal. And a, a lot of us Band-Aid fix our ways through and avoid doing what JL is talking about because it might take a reset of how you've done some things in your business instead of Band-Aid fixing it. Lean into it and get it done. JL, amazing having you on. Go ahead. I didn't cut you off. No, man. I was just going to say, I know that that answer – for, for me for a long time and for a lot of people might not be the thing they want to hear. They want the tactic. What I'll say is what RPR has taught me is that treating symptoms just allows other symptoms to pop up. Having tactics, you'll just need more tactics for more problems. When you address the cause of the issue, which is what we do in RPR, it's what I've learned to do in my life, which in my life, the cause is always me. When you address the cause of an issue, all the symptoms magically go away. And so I know it might not be what people want to hear. It's this tactic is that I'm telling you, here's the tactic, define your personal values, define your personal mission, your personal vision, identify your unique abilities 
you have no business growing your business so you've done any of that. I didn't, and I almost lost mine. Tell the people where they can learn more about you, JL, because you're someone who I want to spend more time in a room with. So I'm going to hunt you down a couple of times. But where can our listeners learn more about it. you? I love it. Hopefully it's a dark room. There's some bourbon. Anyways. Uh, <laughs> basement of the Venetian. Yeah. The basement of the Venetian. That's another podcast. But uh, so basically, yeah. So most of my stuff is Instagram, coach underscore JL. Um, obviously if people want to learn more about, uh, RPR reflexiveperformance.com or RPR system on Instagram, that's really where I do most of my, I like Instagram the most, man. I'm on Facebook cause I'm old, but just keep up with people from high school and stuff. I don't, I don't really, I just, I just repost stuff from Instagram there. So just um, chirp, yeah, coach under, chirp at me and yeah, me and yeah, house. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Yep. Coach, coach underscore JL on Instagram and, and RPR system. If you want to learn more about that. And I'll, I'll say this guys, if they don't know about it, like learn it, it, it will, I mean, it'll be, you want to talk about a way to instantly get clients, show people how you can instantly make them stronger, make them instantly not hurt. Like it's not a selling tool. That's not what it's for, but it works good for that too. Supremely unique. I love it. Uh, I'm going to sign off. I sit tight because I want to talk to you for a minute. I want to thank all of our listeners for tuning in to the Level Up Your Gym podcast. Make sure to swing by your favorite podcast platform and give it a review because I think JV, uh, JL hooked you up with a ton of gold this episode and check out him on instagram because he's a young kid now just stay off facebook he's he's a little old over there and um, <laughs> jl again appreciate having on i'm gonna log off and we'll talk about how comfortable that couch looks <laughs>